can you imagine uh, when perhaps your family, your friends and your loved ones hear your title as a, a chief economist and head of research at RMB, one typically needs to go back to the genesis, right, as to where and how all of this started uh, before you became someone who has such a significant influence into the understanding of economics in South Africa and beyond. So take us perhaps to the beginning and the genesis of your passion for economics. Look, I think I would, I would have to say uh, economics was not uh, love at first sight. Um, I was a, a science and math student back in high school uh, who never thought myself uh, as, as one person that is going to practice uh, this thing that we call the dismal science, which is economics. <laughs> uh, I've always thought perhaps I would end up in somewhere in engineering or in mathematics or in actuarial science, uh, those sort of disciplines that are highly mathematical in, in nature, uh, but it's typical uh, of, uh, you know, uh, young black kids that come from disadvantaged areas. Um, I didn't uh, apply for any scholarships at the time, you know, apply to any university at the time, um, in part because of just lack of, uh, you know, knowledge of what's, what's available out there. Mm. Um, but I had just one goal, um, which w- which was to say, I should produce good results such that whoever comes across my metric certificate will be willing to pay for my fees. Yeah. Uh, because I knew for for you know for sure that there wasn't anyone in my family that could afford to 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 pay for my university fees. So I wasn't really concentrating on what after if you have produced good results. Uh, I just assumed it would take care of itself somehow. And unfortunately. I've had the you know the uh, blessings of uh, coming across wonderful uh, individuals uh, that were so selfless to 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 offer help in many respects, mm-hmm. uh, such that uh, when when I uh, finished the high school, I I I, I got a scholarship, a gentleman from Investec Bank, Tohane Manchidi, who who is the head of CSI there. Uh, so a, a newspaper article that had my name there and my results there, but also because I attended a, a program that is called Kutwanong, um, um under the banner of ProMets, which yes. essentially gives extra lessons in, in, in mathematics, science, and accounting to try and improve the STEM, science, uh, the STEM field um, uh, you know, qualifications in the country. And because that was also, uh, you know, funded as a pivotal funder, Investec was involved. Uh, that 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 ended me with a scholarship from Investec. Ended up doing, uh, you know, registering for accounting because it was the only uh, available space mm-hmm. at UJ uh, that I could register in. Um, we later on changed to economics and econometrics, and I never looked back ever since. This is such a phenomenal story, as I, and I guess one that many of us as black young South Africans can relate to, right, in terms of uh, applying your aptitude, uh, giving it at your all, and of course uh, then having the ability to solicit all the necessary support to, to carry you in your journey. I guess as you look back, it's been a, a significant ride for you, right, and, and, and one that is amazing. And I can imagine this must come with a, a, a few number of highlights for you um, as you look at the pivotal experiences you've had in journeying in not only your understanding of economics, but explaining it as well to the world and pool of investors and clients and media that you typically speak to. 
Uh, absolutely. The, the beauty about economics is it's applicable in everyday life. Mm. Everywhere you go, uh, whatever economic, whatever activity that you do, there is some economic street. So it's easy to link it to everyday a person's life. It's easy also to link it to a sophisticated investor because ultimately it boils to what motivates human activity, uh, you know, which is uh, scarcity and the need to consume mm. uh, ultimately. So it's easy to, to, to really uh, link those two. But I think I'll have to say, uh, you know, one of the lessons along the path in my in my growth in the career so far has been you know, the value of of being prepared for opportunities. Yes. Um, I think that's that, that's the one one uh, you know take out that I've had for, for for a very long time that there will always be opportunities that come, but if you're not prepared, they will they will miss you. And, help us and, and whoever that is best prepared help. at the time. Help us contextualize what preparedness mm-hmm. looks like, right, Azza? Because so often uh, for those still building their careers, we, we often struggle with that strife and, and many other aspects as to what preparedness looks like uh, and how to present yourself as being prepared for those opportunities. So I would start, you know, in, in how I eventually got my first job when I was still uh, completing my, my honor studies at UJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I essentially went into a bookshop, bought a book called How to Do Research for Postgraduate Studies. I was still doing my third year at the time, read, and I entered the NetBank and All Multiple Budget com- uh, Speech Competition, which is essentially where you are given uh, topics sure. and then you write an essay on that without the knowledge of my lecturers. And I ended up being uh, you know, top, top, top three nationally. And that essentially catapulted me into a research space. Um, and then I was on the back of that, I was appointed as a research assistant at the university, uh, assisting lecturers essentially to uh, to collect their data, to do basic data analysis, um, which gave me quite critical tools uh, of how to you know, conduct research in a data-driven, uh, uh, evidence-based uh, approach which later was also very useful in my uh, first real out-of-school job interview, which was at the IMF uh, office in Pretoria, the, IMF, the local office. IMF, um, <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So that was my first out-of-school job um, where the interview process was build us an inflation model and put together three-slide presentation, but that's exactly what I was doing as a research assistant, mm. uh, which, which, which you know, stood me a better chance relative to other highly qualified people that were doing their PhDs at the time. But at the time, I was also, I was just, uh, you know, starting with my master's. And so, in a way, had I not picked up a book and learned how to do research, I would never have potentially uh, ended up writing an essay on the NetBank and Old Virtual Budget Speed Competition. Mm. Without that potential, I would never have been, uh, you know, uh, seen as a potential for a research assistant at the Department of Economics and Econometrics. And without that, I would never have been able to 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 learn the data analysis that made me successful in the interview process. So you could you can see how things stack up from the first thing that you take the initiative to do. It might prepare you for for an opportunity that comes back. 
Oh, 100%. I, I am so encouraged by this. These are stories that I didn't even know about you. So uh, it really does give us a better reflection of um, how we see ourselves in your story and are also encouraged to, to prepare for those moments of opportunity. Uh, and speaking of what you've mentioned, the reading, the preparedness, the, the, the job, the, 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 the personalized skill development that you actually embarked upon speaks to another aspect which is related to the economy that I'd like us to touch on, Isaiah, when we typically talk about unemployment in South Africa, which sits just above 32%. Uh, this highlights not only the, uh, I guess, failures in terms of uh, structural development, uh, edu- driving education in the country and unlocking more investment there, and perhaps not just investment, but investment that is able to accrue a better return, but also the need for young South Africans to take on a role and responsibility of empowering themselves through skills development and education that they can influence through their own time. What are your thoughts on this and how does it also speak to your role and function as you're still involved right now at the Kukwanung Center for Medicine, Science and Technology? Look, I think if we if I were to provide an, an example outside of this first, we, we always say we are a mining country, mm-hmm. but we only export commodities and we sell them cheap because they're not uh, value-added. A, a piece of gold is, is less expensive compared to a ring made out of gold. Mm. So we understand the process of beneficiation as far as commodities are concerned. But somehow we miss the same concept as far as improving our own technical skills as a beneficiation process to save if you continuously learn new skills, you are beneficiating yourself in the sense that you're transforming into a better skilled person. That is the value of uh, educational training, uh, which, 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 which makes people to be better economic uh, participants in the country. That's, that's why I have so much uh, you know, uh, need to be involved in the education space. Even the way that I approach my 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 own uh, you know extended family, yes. uh, you know, uh, uplifting it's very education driven. I have certain principles that I tend to follow. That uh, with my siblings, I'm not responsible for providing you know a pleasure for them to mm. say no. Here is something go and enjoy, but I'm responsible to empower them. And and the best way to do it is to to make sure that they, they have access to to the best education that I can I can I can assist with. So at, at that level I would not buy a Nike sneaker for my little brother, yes. but I'll pay for his school fees. You know, so he will be able to buy his Nike sneakers when he's done and he can work for himself. You know, so so those are hard hard principles that I employ to say if it is to enhance your skill set for sure, I will try by all means to make it happen. But if you want to go and have fun, I'm not going to to to, to try and stress about it. That's for your own pocket. Um, so that's why I'm I'm involved with uh, with Kutwano because that's the program that has helped me quite significantly to to be where I am today. And uh, it's it's only you know paying it forward to make that we 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 assist as many as we can young black children from disadvantaged areas mm. to uplift themselves because when we uplift one we uplift a whole generation behind that person and that's how society develops 
100%. I think there's so many parents and individuals really who echo the sentiments that you, you share, right? Focus on the main thing first and then the rewards will come after as long as you keep to the fundamentals. Uh, Zaya, I, I, I do want to go back to a key theme and, and concept that you highlighted for us earlier on, which is everyday economics. And this is actually a tagline on your website uh, for anyone who has actually visited it. Uh, and as you've highlighted, economics speaks to every aspect of our lives. And when you think about it, that's why we have socioeconomics uh, and understanding of the political mm-hmm. economy uh, and many of these other dynamics that do come into play. 2024 is a critical year for South Africa in terms of the elections and what we are seeing with the movements uh, in, in major contributors to our economy. Mining, what we're seeing in steel mm-hmm. manufacturing and of course um, freight rail logistics and energy which continue to, to be pressure points for our economy. Why is it critical for us as South Africans? And I guess this is a gentle reminder to all our listeners to pay attention, as you've highlighted, to how economics plays an influence on society, on our politics, on our business, on our investments, and even our own personal finances. I think the political space um, has an influence in everything that we do, from economics to personal lives, because it determines who are the lawmakers going to be? Essentially, the people that are eventually elected to parliament that pass different types of laws that regulate how we relate as individuals, as society, as individuals relative to uh, companies or corporates, as individuals relative to, to the government. These are the lawmakers that we elect. So ultimately, the participation of individual in in election, for instance, shapes the future of 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 the country or that society. Mm-hmm. If we so happen to elect individuals that have their right minds in terms of what the, sh- the future should be for that society, then we end up with a good, uh, you know, future as a society. But if we so elect people that have no imagination of how the future should be relative to other countries we end up with a society that is backward-looking. And that normally results in a deteriorating society and you know, worsening living standards. So it is imperative to understand that the political space influences the economics and everyday life. Whether we have milk tomorrow, it can come from the, you know, uh, uh, the politics. It can be determined by politics. Mm-hmm. If lawmakers make... Uh, you know, legislation that makes it different for farmers to 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 breed good good cows, then we might not get milk tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But also, whether we are able to move from point A to point B, it might be influenced by politics in the in the sense that sometimes we we, we actually need bridges across rivers, and if politicians are making decisions that make it impossible. Uh, you know, for for private companies to make capital available to build those bridges, then you find kids drowning on their way to school because there are no bridges. True. So there is a significant role for every individual uh, to to participate in the political process. Um, they they call it active citizenry, essentially. Yes. Uh, each person participating to make sure that we have the right leaders, the right political setup, the right laws. Uh, that govern our our country, uh, which which then can boil down to whether uh, we have an investment perspective from a, a you know generation of employment perspective, the ability of uh, individuals to be entrepreneurs, all of these things they operate within a political system. So each individual 
can make a contribution in shaping that political system. Yeah. Very necessary. Azad, just to close off with, I'm so intrigued by your mind and I am aware that you have another commitment to go to, but I, I do want to close it off, I guess, with uh, your your greatest leadership lesson that you've learned. And and even if it might be perhaps linked to the pandemic, uh, if there were any insights that came out from there. Yeah, the, I guess there are many, uh, but I think um, the, the one that always resonates with me is Perhaps it's it's my, my 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 own personal personal life story because I've always had women that have contributed quite significantly to 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 my my own personal uh, you know uh, life uh, whether at work or at home um, raised by you know a single mom um, um, to a large extent um, aunts and then at work having uh, female mentors. My, my mentor when I was first first year uh, that I, I'm still in, in touch with today mm-hmm. is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a female. So I have this obsession to to actually you know make sure that as many females are empowered as possible, whether in workspaces, uh, in, in education spaces, because they tend to be the the greatest societal builders um, uh, than than my experience with 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 men. Not to say that there aren't men that are building societies, but I think when we empower women, we empower society to a, a greater extent that can eliminate some of the ills that we have. And 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 I think it's, it's something that that I hold I hold dear uh, to to my heart uh, everywhere where everywhere I go. I always try to find opportunities yeah. uh, to 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 share and uplift uh, a, a woman that it, that I'm close to. Uh, you know, in that space. Hundred percent. As I, we truly appreciate your contribution. You do it here on Kayapiz by speaking to me as a financial journalist. And just earlier <laughs> this week, we also had Kangisa Pika, who uh, I know is a, a former colleague of yours at a previous institution you worked with for. So uh, appreciative of the insights and how you're making it practical by ensuring that the gender agenda is for everyone and that we all take uh, heed to the call of uh, you know representing the highest form of ourselves, educating, upskilling, and of course understanding everyday economics. This has been such a pleasurable conversation. Thank you so much, Isaiah. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.